0: Our theme for this month is a follow up on what we started last month, but we're going to focus on something slightly different. Our theme is titled Pushing Beyond the Boundaries of Spiritual Stagnation. It's not going to be an easy series. But it's going to be a good series if we learn to practice what we're hearing from the pulpit. And this morning, I want to speak under the subtitle, How to Overcome Barrenness in Ministry. Churches have a tendency to get to a place where they plateau and stagnate. Usually when churches start, there's a lot of vibrancy. Like somebody said, vim, vigor, and vitality. One of the reasons I like visiting starting churches is that I don't want to lose that vibrant spirit. I want to connect with Vibrancy and when you are still starting. You know, it's almost like young love. You know, young love is amazing. It's uncalculating, Mara. It's amazing. It's fiery. It's all kinds of things. Remember those days when you used to speak on the phone for two hours? Saying nothing to each other. That is young love. Young love is like that. With the first time you had arguments, you thought it was the end of everything because you don't want to argue when you have young love. That's why youthfulness is something the Bible promotes. God doesn't want us to lose our youthfulness. That's why God wants us to be as well, like children, not childish but child-like. And all these attributes in the Bible, they're about newness, freshness. Children are always excited. They easily forgive. You know, children are filled with joy. They they don't walk, they run. In fact, if you were to measure how far your toddler walks per day, you'd be shocked how far they went. And most of that they were half walking, half running. But as we get older, we get slower, we become lazy, we don't do it, we don't have the energy, and of course, age, of course, is one of the things. But we do get to a point where we no longer do those things anymore. Spiritually speaking, we can get to a point where we age. It's even sad when you see a church aging. An aging church moves into maintenance mode. An aging church loses its edge to win the lost. An aging church doesn't want to start anything new. It's almost like it it, it goes into it goes on pension. You know, I work hard. I've done it all. So there's a lot of denderized churches around, or denderized Christians around who have gotten to a point in their life where they feel, I've done it all, I don't want to do it anymore. And so as you go around and you look at the body of Christ, if you walk into a tenderized church, you can see that the, the average age in the church is 40 years old. No young people are coming. We are not transferring what we know to the younger generation, nor are there any new people. This is where the church gets to a point where it doesn't become sensitive to the needs of the unchurched people. They don't realize and we even end up singing songs like me, not so we privatize Jesus and we make him mine. I'm not going to share him with you. Him, not But that is not what Jesus said. Jesus gives us a mission and a vision for the whole world. He says, go into the world and, and preach the gospel to, to every nation. The Bible, when it talks to us, it, it, it challenges us to be people who are fruitful. And so this month, Basilana, I want to lay a challenge before our church, before you, before me. Are we running the danger of being an unfruitful, barren church? Are we running the danger of moving into maintenance mode? Where we no longer have zeal and passion like we did in our young days. The zeal to see people saved. The passion to see new people come to Christ. Is it that I get into my car, drive to church by myself, and I don't invite anybody else? Is it that I come to church, get my notes, get my sermon, get my blessing go home, Me, I'm not just a so warm, and I won't even try to tell somebody else about what I learned. Is it that we have moved into that mode? And if it is, God help us to snap out of it. Amen. See, the kingdom of God is more than just a school of history or doctrines. We're not here just to learn nice things and have our head full of doctrine. God's kingdom is not just about acquiring good notes. God's kingdom is about fruitfulness. There's got to be a reason why we came to church this morning. There's got to be a reason why I'm preaching the way I'm preaching this morning. There's got to be a reason why we're giving the money like we are giving money. There's got to be a reason why we're here. We're not here because we have nothing better to do. We're not here because we couldn't find anything else to do. We are here as men and women on a mission. If you are a man or a woman on mission, I want to hear an amen coming from you. Knowledge without fruitfulness is worthless. We are called to fruitfulness. Now, I want to explain. When I use the word barren, please, I'm asking. In no way are we trying to Say anything bad about people who can't have children. Please, don't even go that way. All right? I'm using it in the sense where the Bible is using it referring to ministry. Even though we may use the natural as an example, I'm asking you, think about it as in the spiritual as I'm going to use it. Look at John chapter 15, what Jesus says. Jesus says in verse 2, Every branch in me, all right, every branch in me, That bears, that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So, just to explain, you know, I I started in the middle. Jesus started by saying, I'm the vine, you are the branches. All right? I'm the vine. You are sleeping in the branch. You are sleeping in the branch. Let's say, Jesus said, I'm the vine. Let's try it again. Let me try it again. Jesus said, I'm the vine. You are the branch, so we are the branches. And he says, Every branch in me, what does it mean? Everybody who has been engrafted in Christ, I've explained that. If you are born again, if you say Jesus is the savior of your life, all right. If you say heaven here, or all right. If you say any of that, you are a branch that's in him. Listen what Jesus says, he says Every branch in me. That does not bear fruit, he takes away. God's not pleased with people who are not fruitful. Now, when he says takes away, he's not talking about killing you. Alright, but if you're not fruitful, you're going to lose out on the fullness of God's anointing upon your life. Okay, God's going to hold back certain things in your life because you're not fruitful. Because God is saying, why must I give them all this life and they're not fruitful? In the same way that the stem provides all the life in the branch, Mara, the branch doesn't bear any fruit. And the stem is saying, Why must I be transferring all this life into this branch and this branch doesn't even bear any fruit? Why must I be preaching all these sermons, praying all these prayers, having all this worship, arranging all this service for a people who are going to come and sit here, listen to the word go home, and there's no difference in their lives. Not only is there no difference in their lives, they are not even trying to reach out to anybody else. Tell your neighbor, it's not a nice sermon, Mara, it's true. It's true. So Jesus says, let's have that verse again. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. But note, every branch that bears fruit. Every branch of that fruit. They win the lost. They honor people. They witness. They pray for people. They do visitation. They do follow up. They're a fruitful Christian. Some of you, the way you are looking, it looks like you're not doing even one of those things. Every branch in me, that bears fruit. God purchased it. He prunes it. Why? So that it should bring forth more fruit. So so look at that verse. So every branch in me that bears fruit. Mm? God says, okay, you're bearing fruit. I'm not just happy with fruit. I want more fruit. God wants you to be increasing. God wants you to be bearing more fruit. God wants you to be going further. Some of you, you are going backwards. You're not advancing. Mm-mm. Every branch in be that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bring forth more fruit. Somebody say fruit. Fruit. More fruit. More fruit. So we're moving further. Look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. I love this one. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches, he that abides in me and I in him the same brings forth what i can't hear you brings forth what he does what he brings forth what so it's fruit more fruit much fruit the longer you stay as a christian is the more we must see fruit in your life yeah 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 Thank you this side. I, I really love the people on this side because you're clipping. The rest of them they're not. I love you. The longer you are there as a Christian the more fruitful you should be. You know I remember when we started at church you know you know people were just abuzz with inviting people you know. They know their neighbor who needs this. They bring them. Come to church with them. Visit their neighbor. Tell them what they learned at church. Pray for them. When there was a meeting, cell group meeting, they go. When there's outreach, they go. When there's intercession, they go. When there's this, they go. Huh. Huh. That's what happens when you are still starting. That's what happens with young love. That's what Jesus was talking about in the book of Revelation when he was talking to the church. He says, You have lost your first love. Yeah. Say so you lost your first love. How does <laughs> that change anymore? Why do you phone every day? Or oh, let's rephrase. How now every hour? See, what Jesus doesn't want us to do is for our love to get cold, for our intensity to wane. God wants us to be men and women who are fruitful. When the Bible talks about fruitfulness, there's different areas of fruitfulness. Number one, there's prayer fruit. When you read the Bible, there are fruits of prayer. In other words, God wants our prayers to be answered. God wants you to move to a level where you have effective prayers. Now, just in case, I can almost hear some of you thinking, is it not God who decides whether he answers my prayers or not? No, it's not God, my dear. Just in case that's what you thought, I can almost see what you are thinking there. Let me answer quickly or solve a problem. It is not up to God to answer your prayers or not. It is up to you to use the principles that are correct in terms of prayer. God has told us: ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be open. Seek and you shall find. God has guaranteed us. He says, for everyone that asketh, everyone, 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 everyone that asketh, receiveth. So if you asketh and you don't receiveth, it is not God's fault of death. <laughs> There's got to be something somewhere. So there's prayer fruit. God wants our prayer lives to be so effective, so dynamic, so impactful. And bear fruit through prayer. Pray things through in your life. Pray for your family and see things change. Pray for your life and see things transform. God wants prayer fruit. Secondly, there's the fruit of the Spirit according to Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit, these are fruits that show character growth and character, there's a character building fruit. This is where we see the character of Christ come through you. See, patience, long-suffering, you know, faithfulness, all of those in Galatians chapter 5. Loyalty, these are the fruit. As, the longer you stay born again as a Christian, it is the more we must see you becoming more like Christ. The longer you are a Christian, the more faithful you must become. The more loyal you must become. Hmm? The more love you must demonstrate. You must be more forgiving. No bitterness. Oh, Alasabata Amenyanung. Yeah, but it's unfortunate today, as the longer people are Christians, the more they become. And you find somebody who's been a Christian for a long time, and there are sarcastic people, nasty people, you don't want to hang around them. You know they've, not, they've been Christians for a long time. But you find a young Christian, a young Christian believes that everybody in here is an angel. Because they're young and naive, God bless them. A young Christian, any smaller thing, they appreciate. When we sing something new, they love it. They come and dance in the front. They are filled with joy. They are young. They just love Jesus ah, until they find out. <laughs> and once they've been zingzonged, now they reconsider. And if you've been zingzonged for several years, you end up saying, ah, these are hypocrites, all of them. <laughs> That's not what God wants. God wants you to still believe that people are good people and understand there are other people who may not be so good, but you still love them anyhow. God still wants you to have the joy of the Lord that during praise and worship, you come and dance in his presence. Problems or no problems, you still dance in the presence of the Lord. Can I hear a good amen from somebody? Yeah, God wants us to grow in our knowledge of him. Grow in the fruit of the spirit. The longer we've been Christians, the more Christ-like we must become. Yeah, shouldn't be that when we're Christian we have this us and them type of talk. So we everybody call Satan. my demon. When when you're really born again and you really know the character of Christ, that's not how you talk to people who are not saved. That's not how you talk. You are more loving. You are more compassionate. You are more tolerant. Oh, you don't want to say amen, man, i I'm going to preach. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's very sad that the longer people are, they become sectarian. Yeah. They praise their church above every church. Yeah. Huh? They think they're better than everybody else. Yeah. Huh? But that's not, that's not what God is talking about when he talks about fruitfulness. The longer you are a Christian, almost like as a hula, you know, if you hula right and you become a, a parent and you grow up and become much older, there's something about life, it teaches you several lessons one of the big lessons you learn in life is to be tolerant and to be loving and to not be quick to pronounce judgment on people. Yeah, and to never jump into conclusions about people. You can't read a book by its cover. When when you grow up, you realize, you keep quiet. When you are young, you are opinionated. You think you are right all the time. As you grow older, you realize, I might be wrong because you've had to eat your own words several years later. When that child that you thought was a nobody became a somebody, and when the other child that you favored became a nobody. Oh, come on now. Come on now. Yeah. So it is in walking with God. The longer you walk with God, is the more you realize you've got to be more loving, more forgiving. But then not only do we have prayer fruit, or, or secondly, the fruit of the Spirit, we have the fruit of ministry. We ought to have Fruit in our ministries, in our churches. We should be fruitful. Our churches should be advancing. Christian people should know how to win the lost. you got to have people who are your sons and daughters spiritually. No, not by adoption. Not somebody adopt you and say, can you be my spiritual mother, spiritual father? And when I say, oh, my son, my daughter. No, brother. I'm talking about people that you went on your knees to pray for them. You are the one who invited them to come to church. You are the one who was encouraging them during the altar call. Maybe you even took them by the hand and brought them to the front. And after they were born again, you are the one who followed them up. You are the one who prayed for them to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You are the one who encouraged them to walk with the Lord. And when you step back several years later, there is somebody who is serving Jesus with all their heart. That's what we're talking about. That's when you are a fruitful Christian. But some of us, we haven't even led one person to the Lord. He changes this month. I said he changes this month. Can I hear an amen? Look at First Peter, Second Peter rather, chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus says, Peter says rather, having talked to the Christians there, how they must have long suffering, patience, whatever, Then he says, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah? We shouldn't be people who don't have fruit in our lives. Shouldn't be that you got saved and that's all that happened. You just got saved filled with the Spirit Paid your bond off, bought a new car. That's all to you. It's all right. It should be that you can show that since I got born again, I have led hundreds of people to the Lord. That's fruitfulness. should be. You, we should show that ever since I got born again, this is how I serve my God. This is what I do for God's kingdom. I'm a fruitful Christian. But unfortunately... We haven't taught right in churches. We've made people to come to church to get and not to give. We've turned ourselves into spiritual magicians where people come to us for us to perform our spiritual razzmatas. And so people come to get. And what they don't understand is the Bible, when it talks about church, in 1 Corinthians 14... Paul says, for when you come, everyone has a prophecy, has a tongue. We come to church to give of the fullness of what God has placed in our lives. We come to church to bring the unsaved people. We come to church to come and congregate so that again as soldiers of Christ, we can be inspired again. We can be taught again. We can be showed how to use our spiritual weapons so that when we leave during the week, we can go out there and fight the good warfare of the spirit. We haven't treated a church like we have come to be observers. Nobody here has observer status. If you do, I want to revoke it right now. We've come here to be participators. We've come here to learn how to sharpen our swords, metaphorically speaking. We've come here to learn how to use our weapons. We've come here to learn how to cause more damage to the kingdom of darkness, so that when we go out there during the week, we cause harm and damage in the kingdom of darkness. When you read about the early church, It was said about them, these are men and women who are turning the world upside down. Why is it that our presence is ignored these days? Why is it that even if our churches were to close down, nobody would care? What difference are we making? Jesus said, we are the salt and the light. Jesus said, we are a city on a hill that should not be put under a bed or under a bushel. He said, let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus has given us a commission to let our light shine. To be men and women who will make our communities different by the power of God. I don't know about you, Barcelona, if you're not moved to the core and touched to the core by the pain that's there in our land right now. And the many men and women in our land, in our country who are in great pain and in great despair. And yet God's blessed you and given you a fullness that comes from him. You can make somebody's life different. But no, no, no. So if I'm okay, my knees are taken care of, please, Bishop, don't trouble me with your sermon. And God looks at that and said, You're a branch in me, you are not bearing fruit. Why must I be releasing all this anointing into your life? Why must I be giving you all these resources? Why must I be blessing you the way I'm blessing you? Because you were born not only to be blessed, you were born to be a blessing. Yeah. The highest level of living according to God, when he spoke to Abram, he said, Abram, I'll make you, I'll make your name great. He says, I will bless you. He says, in you, all families of the earth will be blessed and you will be a blessing. It's the highest level. First level, God gets you, makes you, shapes you, forms you, rehabilitates you, changes you. Secondly, God gives you a, a stature in society where as you talk, people can listen. As you lead, people can respond. But then you go further where now you become a blessing to people. You are no longer satisfied just about being blessed. You are satisfied with being a blessing. God said you will lend to others. You will not borrow. That's the highest form. But we live a Christianity that gets instead of gives. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. So God wants us to be fruitful. Let me close. Deuteronomy seven fourteen. God says, you'll be blessed above all people. There shall be no male or female barren among you Or among your cattle. God says, his blessing causes us to be fruitful. But many people have never understood the purpose for blessing. Blessing is not for me. Blessing is for purpose. Blessing is not to squander it on me. Blessing is for purpose. And by the way, blessing is not things. Somebody says, Bam b- b- bless it iPad. Bless blessing is not things. The definition of blessing is the supernatural endowment of God that brings favor upon your life. That's a blessing. It's, it's, it's an unseen power, an unseen force. That causes things to come your way and to come in your life. But the purpose of that is that you should share that with other people. Yeah. Jesus said it. To whom more is given, more is required. The more God blesses you, the more God expects you to be a blessing. The reason Christians are barren in their lives is because we cut short the flow of the blessing by not being fruitful. So, when the life of Christ moves into our life, and that life of Christ makes our bodies to be healed, sorts out our finances, brings our home in order, causes our life to have direction, instead of us being a channel of blessing, we hoard. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow what? Oh, let me hear you. Let me hear you. Shall flow what? Shall flow what? Do you realize he didn't say a river? Do you realize he said rivers? There's different kinds of rivers. There's a river of finances. There's a river of health. Oh, you're you're not hearing what I'm saying. There's a river of protection. But Mamala, Mamala, he didn't say it will flow out of you a dam. There's a big difference between a dam and a river. A dam receives water, but it doesn't allow water to go through it. A river receives water, but it allows water to go through it. Out of your belly shall flow rivers. Come on. Let the healing power of God that has touched your life, let it flow to other people. Let the blessing of God of finances in your life flow to other people. Let the blessing of protection in your life flow to other people. I'm a river, not a dam. If you go to a dam, dams smell very bad. Why? Because they don't have an outlet. They know how to receive. They don't know how to give. When you go to a dam, there are certain creatures that die in there. Because this water gets stagnated dams have a bad smell. Just like a Christian who doesn't give out so much. You hang around them spiritually speaking. They're always talking bad and criticizing. But my goodness, when you're a river, there's life in the river. A river teems with life. It's full of life. It is at a river river where animals come and drink. People come and draw water from there. All kinds of things come and get water from there. When you're a river, they can come to you and receive and receive. And a river doesn't stop you because you know the more that comes is the more I can give. God wants us to be fruitful people. Fruitful. 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 So once you are born again you should tell other people about the goodness of God that you have tasted. Yeah. You don't have to wait for years to do it. Think about that woman at the well who had an encounter with Jesus. In spite of her old life, which was not so great. But when she met Jesus, she felt, I cannot keep this to myself. I met somebody. Who turned my life upside down. For many years I have suffered. For many years I have been insulted. For many years I have had an emptiness in my heart. I have been seeking for water that can only be found in Jesus Christ himself when he met Jesus and Jesus was able to quench her thirst and Jesus was able to allay her fears and Jesus was able to minister to her and restore her dignity he didn't stop with her she went to others and said come and see a man come and see a man come and see a man when I met him my life was never the same again You don't have to be a big theologian to tell your own story. All you have to do is just to tell them what happened to you. Even if you don't have the theological language, just tell them, He touched me. He made me whole. He changed me. He transformed me. Turned me upside down. And the Bible says, they came to Christ because of her words. But when they met Christ. And heard Christ speaking. They believed in Christ. Not just because of her words. But because they got to taste for themselves. That's what it is to be fruitful. You don't keep the story to yourself. But naturally speaking. How to say rata. Now don't give me that look now. rata. How toot rata? What do you do? And some of the rata are disabled. I've never understood the rata se. If only some maoto the sebe My goodness, rata e how bazaluan lemanala kore kema kona Hey, and we know it's not true. Mara some of you. You are selling these ratas. Let me tell you, there's one who is bigger than a rata. <laughs> and he, people don't have to pop out money to be impacted by him. They don't have to pay a little cent. His name is Jesus. Kingaka, When you leave this place today, you can find one person one person, one that you can tell him. Can tell him. The heart of a human being thirsts and longs for what we as humans cannot describe. And it's only when you encounter Jesus Christ that that thirst is quenched and that hunger is satisfied. The hunger of the human soul, the hunger of the heart, no amount of achievement, no amount of money can fill you. Only Christ, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus Christ who died on the cross, 2,000 years ago only He only He only He only He can give you what your heart is longing for so many people are searching all over the place you've tried so many things if you were to tell the truth it hasn't worked still your heart is longing Still your heart is thirsting. Right now as we have our heads bowed, our eyes closed. I want to introduce you to Jesus Christ. The only one who can satisfy your longing heart. But you see Jesus waits for you to invite him into your life. And openly say Jesus I know I cannot change my life in my own strength. I ask you to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord. Jesus says to all those who have received him, he gave them the power to become the children of God. He said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you must be born again. It's an encounter with God. It's not about going to church. It's not about religion. It's not about how many times you pray. It's about having an encounter with Jesus Christ which you can have right now in this place our heads bowed, our eyes closed and all over, all the churches that are streaming if you are there and you say please bishop I want you to pray for me I haven't encountered Christ yet my life is longing my heart is longing my life feels empty I have a restlessness in me I really need Christ my life is not right before God would you please pray for me if that is you, would you raise your hand right now where you are please I want to pray for you. Just raise it high. Let me see it, please. Thank you for those hands. Raise it high. All over the place. Even in those churches that are streaming, raise your hands right there where you are. Just raise it high. Thank you so much. I want to invite all of you who raised your hands. All right. I want to pray for you. Would you please just take all your belongings and just make your way to the front right now. And those of you who are in the other churches that are streaming, in that building, I'm going to ask you to do the same, to walk to the front of that building. Please don't leave your belongings behind. Just walk to the front. All of you in this auditorium, just walk to the front and the people that walk in the front, give them a big hand, everybody as they come. Give them a big hand, Bazelan. Give them a big hand, Bazelan. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.